Okay, good morning, everybody. Sit down, please. Morning. Quiet down. A slip on the snowy sidewalk in winter is a small thing. It happens to millions. A fall from a ladder in the summer is a small thing. It also happens to millions. The slip or fall produces a subluxation. The subluxation is a small thing. The subluxation produces pressure on a nerve. That pressure is a small thing. The pressure cuts off the flow of mental impulses. That decreased flowing is a small thing. That decreased flowing produces a diseased body and brain. That is a big thing to that man. Multiply that sick man by a thousand, and you can control the physical and mental welfare of a city. Multiply that man by a million, you can shape the physical and mental destiny of a state. Multiply that man by 130 million, and you can forecast and can prophesy the physical and mental status of a nation. So the slip or fall, the subluxation, the pressure, flow of mental impulses, and dis-ease are big enough to control the thoughts and actions of a nation. Now comes a man. Any one man is a small thing. This man gives an adjustment. The adjustment is a small thing. The adjustment replaces the subluxation. That is a small thing. The adjusted subluxation releases pressure upon nerves. That is a small thing. The released pressure restores health to a man. That is a big thing to that man. Multiply that well man by a thousand, you can step up the physical and mental welfare of a city. Multiply that well man by a million, you can increase the efficiency of a state. Multiply that well man by 130 million, and you produce a healthy, wealthy, and better race for posterity. So the adjustment subluxation to release the pressure upon nerves, to restore mental impulse flow, to restore health is big enough to rebuild the thoughts and actions of the world. The idea that knows the cause, that can correct the cause of dis-ease, is one of the biggest ideas known. Without it, nations fall. With it, nations rise. This is the biggest idea I know of. That was from B.J. Palmer, whoop, whoop, the biggest of the fellow within 1939, one of his Greek books. So, so don't raise your hands because I don't want to know the truth. But how many of you are reading Greek books? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. Because here's the deal. Where do you think you are going to get chiropractic from unless you're reading Greek books? Is Sousa going to give you chiropractic? No. It is a great textbook. Right? I will use it in this class and other classes. But it is not going to give you chiropractic. It's going to give you diagnosis, which is important. Right? You need it. But it is not chiropractic. Is Yoko Miro, is that going to give you chiropractic? No. Phenomenal x-ray book. I've had that book since it was first published in the 80s when I was a student here. But that is not going to give you chiropractic. So if you're in chiropractic school, the question is, why aren't you studying chiropractic? And don't say, well, somebody should be teaching it to me. No, you should be learning it for yourself. There's no obligation for, the, for anybody to teach you anything except to get out of school and get a license. Right? So yes, you should be getting more philosophy. I'm going to be giving it to you. Right? Every single morning, I'm going to read you some Greek book selection. And we come here every th oh, each Thursday for the next 10 weeks. You will get Greek books. You will learn about B.J. Palmer and his thinking, right? Because that's how I like studying my classes. I like studying history. 
This is philosophy. I explain to you why you're doing what you're doing. Do you think that you're a backcracker? Do you think people are coming to you for this? Right? If that's all they're going to see you, why don't they go see a massage therapist? Why don't they go see an old big surgeon? Why don't they go see a physical therapist? Why don't they go see anybody? You know, people tell me, oh, my best friend does this stuff to me. He picks me up like this and he gives me a bear hug and pushes like this, right? Anybody can do this. This is not an adjustment. What is an adjustment? Is this the English speaking? <laughs> what is an adjustment? Spiking a subluxation, fixing a subluxation, in the right place, in the right time, in the right direction, with the right intent. That's what chiropractic is. You are this, or this, or this, has nothing to do with chiropractic. That is not what D.D. Palmer found. He didn't find the way to push on people's backs. Right? What he found was a whole new way of thinking. That's what he found. Why are you teaching that to your patients in clinic? Or are you just talking about the graves? Or the weather? Or, you know, Georgia State or something like that? Right? What are you teaching them? Do you think patients come to your office or come to you here in the clinic? Or even a student clinic? Do you think they come to you just to get their back pushed on? There's so many ways that a doctor can be pushed on. The difference is, what is your intent? That last bit that I said before. What is your intent? The intent behind the adjustment. That's what makes a successful chiropractor. The intent behind the adjustment. If your intent is to get some numbers in clinic, it shows and the patient feels it. If your intent is to make more money to pay for your mortgage or your new Mercedes, it shows and patients feel it. If your intent is to remove subluxations and allow that person to be the best person they can be, that intent shows and they can feel that too. I've been in practice since 1989. I graduated from life <coughs> um, when it was called Life Chiropractic College. And this whole section of the university wasn't even here. We all were all in what's called Annex A right now, with these sliding, dividing doors. This place was this like totally <coughs> nothing kind of a place with thousands of people coming to it because Dr. Sid had the philosophy. Right? What separates chiropractic from any other profession, any other health profession, is his philosophy. If you don't have philosophy, you've got nothing. Nothing different. What will differentiate you from any other chiropractor is your philosophy. So if you don't start owning the philosophy right now, then don't expect to own it later on. And for all of you saying, I don't have any time to read green books. Right? I don't have any money to purchase them. You don't have to purchase them. There they are. BJ Potter books are all over the internet. There's no excuse. I mean, there's BJ Parker videos, and oh, I don't like BJ Parker. Fine. What about Singapore's? What about Dr. Sid? What about Santo? What about Jim Tempo? There's all these great chiropractors that have an amazing amount of free videos and free reading material that you should be studying instead of polluting your mind with the junk you're polluting it with. Because I know what you guys are doing, right? I've been doing this for 16 years here at the institution, so 2001 I started teaching this class. 
This was Dr. Larry Webster's class. He was my teacher. I am honored and privileged to be teaching the class that he taught me. Some of you may not even know who Dr. Webster is, but you'll, you'll figure it out over time. He's like the grandfather of pediatrics. He's the founder of the ICPS. So you guys need to start studying philosophy. And it's out there, and it's free, and it's easy to access. I know you spend a lot of time on Facebook. I think Facebook is amazing. It's a great way to interface with people, a great way to socialize, to meet people. It's great for business. I use it for my business all the time, constantly. I have my Rupert Family Chiropractic page. And all these people liking it, always putting out some great information. It's a fabulous marketing tool. It shouldn't be your day-to-day -day best friend. If you take even half the time you spend sitting on your phones, looking at the different posts that you see, you spend half that time, let's say you spend a half hour a day, let's just say, which is probably average for people your age, half hour a day flipping through the different posts. You spend 15 minutes, take 15 minutes flipping your posts, take 15 minutes to read Greek philosophy, I guarantee you, by the end of this quarter, you'll have a whole different thought process on chiropractic. Matter of fact, that's my challenge to this class. It's a challenge I give each time I do my first day talk here for this particular required class that I teach. I teach four classes on this campus. You know, this is a required at 53 pediatric levels. So, but my talk for you guys, my challenge for you guys is read, read books, read philosophy, listen to philosophy. Right, there's great philosophy podcasts out there in the I have a podcast called Chirocast. Sigfus is a great one called Chiro Talks. There's another one called Spinal something. I can't remember. There's a whole bunch of them out there. Simon Sensen, friend of mine from Asheville, great network chiropractor. He just started a podcast. There's all this information out there. Stop focusing all your time on the negative junk that you can get out of Facebook and start putting positivity in your head. Because if someone comes up to me, like happened last quarter, someone came up to me after this particular lecture and said, I think I'm going to quit chiropractic. I feel like chiropractic doesn't have anything to offer me. And I heard what you said, and it changed my mind. And I'm going to take on your challenge. And he's still here in this institution. Because he took on the challenge, and instead of just reading Open Roll, and instead of just reading Susan, he said, I'm going to read me some chiropractic. And reinvigorate the reason why he's here to begin with. Now you can keep on doing whatever you're doing, and it's totally fine. I have no judgment. You don't want to read three books, you don't want to listen to philosophy, that's not your thing. Fabulous. But if you're here in this particular institution, right? You're not at other institutions, other government schools where they don't even teach philosophy. If you're at the most philosophical school in the world, of the 40-something early chiropractic schools that are around in the world, if you're at the pinnacle, at the top of the heap, at the number one philosophy school, you probably should be reading some philosophy. And I'm telling you, the philosophy is what the patients want to hear. They're not coming to you to take care of their faculty. They're not coming to, to, to you to take care of their kids' asthma. They're not coming to you for the symptoms, right? That might be the thing that gets them in to walk the door, but it doesn't keep them there. What keeps them there is your philosophy. What keeps them there is when you teach them why it's so powerful. Little boy comes into my office on Friday, and he had fell, fell, uh, fell down, and he skinned his knees really, really badly on the, on the driveway. 
he's got these big gashes on his legs. And he said, Doctor, look at my look at my legs. Like, relatively new picture. Look at my legs. Wow, what happened? And you just get into the whole thing. It's like it's it, the kids just want to talk about themselves, right? You don't talk about yourself, you talk about them. Right? Whether it's an adult or a person. Nobody knows a whole lot about me. I know a whole lot about them. Right? That's how it's supposed to be. The conversation is not about you. Right? They're not coming to see you. Right? They're coming for you to hear about them. So tell me what happened. Oh, I was going like this, and I fell and dropped some slide, and I slid like this, and I and look at my knees. I said, Did you cry a little bit? Yeah, I cried this bleeding. Oh, yeah, wow. This big. Oh, wow. And you just get into this whole big, you know, story like this. And and I you can put it as well as the words. I took a tuning fork, we put a tuning fork around his kneecap and around his knee just to test to make sure nothing was broken. Even though I was worried that they were worried, it's okay. If they're worried, I'm gonna calm their fears down. And then I said, he's like, I want to use this in a philosophical moment. We have an open adjusting area, right? So we got five adjusting tables in the open room. And I said, hey, buddy, what happened after you fell down? I started bleeding. And then what happened? I stopped bleeding. I said, who did that? He's five, so. Uh, I don't know. I said, your body did that. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Your body did that. And he's just like, you know, you can see just ruminating in the back of his head for five girls saying, and he probably couldn't quite catch what I was saying. But you know what? I know that he may not understand what I'm saying right now because he's five, but I know he <coughs> understands what I'm saying. Do you get what I'm saying? I understand. Deep down inside, he died. Right? And then yesterday he comes in again. And he says, Look, doctor, look, I fell down again. Right? I was running in the driveway, it's kind of steep, and I felt that again. It shows us these, it wasn't as bad as the last time, but it was still, I said, did the instrument play right over here? You see right over here? That's where it played. I said, yeah. And what happened after a little while it was bleeding? He said, it stopped. I said, yeah. Who did that? He said, I did. I said, that's right. That's right. Your body is strong. Your body knows how to fix things. Because is that the message we're getting, we're giving our kids these days? When they see the drug commercials, right? And they, 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 the parents see the drug commercials and they think they're like little zombies. You know, I need to have a moxicillin for my son. I need to have a moxicillin for my son. They, they just think bacitracin. Like, what do they think heals them? Bacitracin. Bacitracin's got nothing to do with it. Right? Maybe it might be a nice protective cover, but it ain't doing the healing. And they need to get that. And that's philosophy. And that's why people come to your offices. They come to your office because of the philosophy. You think they come because you want to give them bacitracin, right? There are some chiropractors in this profession who want to give drugs. They'd be thrilled to bits. They'd be like, oh, let me get some bacitracin. Run in the back and get the bacitracin, right? They'd be thrilled to bits to do that. What for? If someone needs first aid, get out of my office, right? I don't do it. I don't do it. Emergencies, I'll pull crisis management triage. But they, that's not for me. They want drugs, I don't do it. Wisconsin wants to create this whole thing with advanced chiropractic degree and blah, blah, blah. Go ahead. I don't do drugs. That's, I have to. This is a drugless profession. The whole thing is founded on being drugless. Why would you want to change something? There's only one reason why they want to change something. Why is that? The dollar. Your almighty dollar. Change us into the osteopathic profession. Right? They've been waiting for that for a long time. You don't think that's been a plan? 
All right, we tried to get rid of chiropractic in the 80s. The chiropractors found out about it. They sued us, right? We'll have another tactic. And we'll just wait it out. We'll just wait it out. Come up to the right time and try to change their little philosophy. Get them away from being drugless, right? That pisses up off the medical field. We don't want this drugless stuff. It's in our way. Right? Big Pharma doesn't like that. But Big Pharma, would they want 60,000 more chiropractic prescribing drugs? Ching, ching, this is good money. We're just going to wait them out until they get so weak that they come to us. Right? That's exactly what's been happening. Right? So they got the money. They got the time. They don't care. But if they say we can't get rid of this way, we'll get rid of this one. Right? You can't get rid of them from outside, we'll get rid of them from the inside. Very smart. Very smart. The politics of this is huge. So what do you got to do to fortify yourself? Is philosophy. Start doing things that make you different. What makes you different? What makes you different and unique? Decide that you are a different and unique individual. What makes you different and unique is the thing that you can offer your patients that nobody else can. You think a medical doctor talks about the philosophy that how the main body heals the body? Does a dentist, does an osteopath, does a massage therapist, maybe some not sure it's Mike. Does a physical therapist? No, they're all, they're all doing stuff to the body. When you do an adjustment, does your, is your adjustment done after this? That's when it begins. You get that? That's when the adjustment begins. My adjustment does not stop when my hand leaves their body. My adjustment begins when that happens. That's when the body takes the information you just gave it and changes it and innate is on the job and doing its work. That's the whole point of character. Right? The adjustment, because if you think that the adjustment is only with the amount of time that you put your hands on, that's why some of you are so consumed with, I need to spend more time with my patients. No, you don't. How long does it take to turn on a light? Right? If I want to turn on this light, hopefully this will work. If I want to turn on this light, how long did that take? Should I do something else? All right, hold on. Let me get my ultrasound. <coughs> right? Ooh, how about a TENS unit? Right? How about going on the rolling table? Right? Is that what that needs? What it need? Bam, turn on the power. How do you explain chiropractic to kids? Just like that. Right? Little kids, two little patients came to the office yesterday. That's what I said. What's my, she was looking at the little slide, little kids slide. What do they say? Those mirrors. What, 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 what do they do? Well, it's like your power switches. I went to light switching. Right? Subluxation. Power on. That's what I did. Power on. It's as simple as that. Right? But are you ready for that? Or can, I know you have to spit out Susan and Young Monroe and all these other textbooks. I know that, right? You got national boards, you got Oscars, all these other things you have to spit stuff out, regurgitate. Yeah, learn to regurgitate very well. It's important for you to be a great regurgitator. But you also need to learn to regurgitate the philosophy. Because that's what people want. When you go for a new mission comes and see it, don't stop Susan. Don't stop Yoko Monroe. They don't, they don't get that. That's over their heads, right? That's not their expertise. What they're looking for is guidance. They're looking for a coach. They're looking for someone to, to lead them to some other place. Not to keep them where they already are. Right, so it's up to you. Up to you as to where you want to take this. 
Because the way I look at it, you guys have maybe like a year and a half before you get out of here. That's a year and a half training, right? You've got a year and a half to train yourselves to be the chiropractors you want to be, not that you may have morphed into because of the stuff that you're doing. So like I said, I challenge you. I challenge you. Take me up on my challenge. Take 15 minutes a day and read some philosophy. Find it on the internet. Find it on podcasts. Find it on YouTube. And pound that philosophy in 15 minutes a day. That's all I'm saying. 15 minutes. You all can take 15 minutes a day. You can't do 15 minutes, do five minutes. Do something. But pound the philosophy in. And then tell me at the end of the quarter if now you have more new patients in your clinical practice, you have more zeal and zest and vim and vigor for chiropractic. And if it doesn't work, hey, you learned something. But I'm telling you it's going to work. So I challenge you.